to show. I'm gonna. I'm saying I'm gonna watch it, but I'm not. I'm gonna watch. um, What am I gonna watch? This fucking uh, love and baseball movie. Because uh, yeah, because like there's a movie what early two thousands late nineties. Yeah, there's love and basketball. Now there's love and baseball. So I want to watch love and baseball. Same thing with white people. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm interested to see the gentrification of uh, love and basketball. That's beautiful. It, it's got, dude. I, it can't not be good. This, like, oh my god, I'm, I'm so excited. Hold on, I, let me check my um Prime. Let me see. Do I have to buy it? I'm willing to pay for this movie though. Like, I'll buy the movie because I'm so interested in what what it's about. Like, I read the synopsis. I know what it's about, but like, I need to watch it. I need to hear the dialogue. I need to. There's just... a foreign. There's a foreign version of that same movie. Actually, I I know a little bit about this. It's called the uh, Love and Badminton. I fuck it. <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> you watch like, that one too. I watch it. I watch it all. I watch Love and everything. Fucking Love and Hip Hop. Give it to me. Like I don't see Love and Baseball on this list. This is ooh. So, so, maybe someone lied to you, man. This all is probably no, 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 nope, nope. It's not fake. I believe in it. I love and Sandra Bullock and, Je- and Justin Timberlake. There it is. Love and baseball. Here we go, son. Oh my god, it is real. This is fucking real. Oh my god, it's on HBO. It's like, I don't have to pay. It's on HBO. I have HBO. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. I'm god, watching forty percent off right now. I like like I I gave someone my Disney password. They gave me their HBO password. So I'm like, okay, I'm great. solid. But if they if they cancel the HBO, I'm changing the password on Disney. So oh, you have to. They broke the contract. Yeah, you you don't get to walk free here, friend. No, um, no, no, dude. I'm so excited that this movie's on HBO now. Like, I don't know if I can contain my emotions because I'm fascinated by this idea. This is not like loving hockey. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Canadian version. Hey, <laughs> like yeah, I like, love you. Man. What's what's this movie about? <laughs> uh, I I can uh, say these things because I only have one listener in Canada. <laughs> oh, okay. They're they're lovely people. Like yeah, they're they're like the the few Canadians I've met have all been extremely nice. It made me feel really really bad that I wasn't as nice. Like. Like fuck you guys for making me feel shitty for being not being nice enough. Right, right. Leaving your doors open and being overall good people. How dare you? Yeah, dicks. Um, I'm looking at this and I can already tell you I'm probably not gonna watch this movie. <laughs> really? That was wait, dude. That <laughs> is literally 180 from all the excitement you had like not five minutes ago. I mean, it's not what even happened? a minute in, and I'm, I'm just what not. Happened? You know. I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. There's like, okay, no 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 no. You gotta no, no. be excited. I'm gonna be like, you got some diversity here. Like, I'm about to it, watch it. Like I'm gonna go watch it too. Like I'm interested. So I, I didn't think it was diverse enough, but no, there's diverse. There's a lot of diversity here. There's there's a uh, Indian dude, Asian lady, uh, blonde lady, a uh, 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 brunette guy. That they I hope they have a black friend. Hold on, I gotta check the cast. If they don't have a black friend, I'm not watching it. You're not watching it. If I if, if they don't have a black friend, hold name on, three white see. characters in Love and Basketball. I can't name any characters in Love and Basketball. <laughs> but I just watched it because it was like basketball and, and kissing. I was like, oh yeah, Love like, and oh. Basketball. Yeah. They, so what, okay. did you well, hear my big synopsis for Love and Baseball? I'm all like, oh no, nope, they got a black friend, Justin Timberlake. I, sign me up. I love Sandra Bullock. Right. Like, I, I'm a fan. I like if she made Speed Three, I'm watching it. Oh, I watched I Speed Two. I almost bought it. But wait, wasn't there realized, Speed Three? N- no, I don't think there was. I hope if if, the if they boat, made was it, the boat the boat was part two. Yeah, that was number two. Okay. I nearly bought it and then I realized that 
Like, I like I'm not going to watch that movie. There's no sense in me wasting the money. But let's see here. So there's the Indian guy. His character's name is the director. Not looking promising. All right. The hmm. black guy's name is Marcus. Shocker. Uh, where's the Asian character? She's not even listed. That's Damn. disrespectful. Wow. Damn. Knocked him down another peg. Um, all right. <laughs> so there we have it. Love and baseball. Uh, I'm, I am going to watch this. Um, I'm trying to debate if I'm going to make this movie night for my wife and I. Oh, they have a Spanish friend, too, because Will, he's speaking in Spanish. All right. Oh, shoot, I like my it. people? I, I like it. We got tons of diversity in this movie. Wait, um, wait. I'm in. What, what's my homie's name? What's what my his, people's name? His, his name Did is Will. Any? It's Will, but I'm willing to bet that it's short for Wilmer, and that's kind of oh, fucked up. It's damn, really fucked dude. up. But... Wilmer. But at least he's listed in the cast because the Asian woman is not. And I am really, really sorry. Like, I need to go apologize to my Asian friends now. This is fucked. Damn. I'm sorry uh, that your people were in this movie that seven people watched. <laughs> and <laughs> your ethnicity's character wasn't named. <laughs> Dude, she was probably excited that she got the role and everything and told her family. And like they're like, yes. And then they went to watch the movie. And like they see her on screen. She's there. They're like, hey, you weren't listed as part of the cast at the end. Like, yeah, well, you know. And, and, was, and that's messed up because like certain, not all, but certain Asian cultures are really big on baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I think Japanese is, I think it's huge in Japanese. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to edit that out. I think it's huge in Japan. <laughs> 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 oh, um, we're going down I think like, slow, man. <laughs> you, you see what Love and Baseball done to us? Uh, <laughs> you haven't like, even watched it, and already you're racist. Dude, like that's gentrification. <laughs> like, I'm you. I, like I turned it on. They're like, "Guess what you're about to do today? What's that? You're about to say something fucked up." You know what? I'm going to do a double feature on uh, tomorrow afternoon because Love and Basketball is here, and then Love and Baseball. I'm watching both. And then that, that I'm gonna, you, you really feel the difference there. Oh, I can already tell you the difference. <laughs> um, but at least I could say I gave them both a fair shot mm-hmm. because yeah. I don't want to be like, oh man, loving baseball, that shit is dog shit. And they're like, did you watch it? No. Well, then how do you know it's bad? So then I'm going to watch it to prove that it's bad. And then how, watch how conflicted will you be if you're like, damn, that was better than love like, and basketball so if it's better than love and basketball so the reason why i don't think it will be for me is because i hate baseball i don't hate baseball i just i'm not gonna watch it on tv Ooh, excuse me, but i'll go to a, i'll go to the baseball game if the tigers are in the world series i'm in so, so you're never gonna watch baseball i will go to a game i love going to baseball games they're so fun that, that was a shot to Tigers. No, <laughs> so you'll never watch a I, game. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a Detroit fan, so I'm I'm immune to anything you could say to hurt me. Like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I feel you. I'm a Raider fan. I'm, I, I ooh, I might get some hate now, but ooh, it's okay. Uh, let's see here, Raiders. I mean, at least they've been to the Super Bowl in the last twenty years. I mean, they're right on the cusp. But at least it's been in 20 years. Detroit's not been to a Super Bowl and they haven't been to a championship game in 70 years. So I'll tell you this hurts. though. I like I said, I, I just got I started watching um I don't know, it has it's not nothing to do with HBO, actually. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's actually on ESPN Plus, which I have. And I started watching the that, that Detroit Lions uh whatever oh, yeah, docu- yeah. docuseries. Hard knocks. Hard knocks, yeah, hard knocks, yeah. dude. And my homie, uh, Jose, he's a huge, I mean, he's been a Detroit Lions fan forever, right? So obviously I question that, but it's okay. It's his choice, right? I'm, I'm, I'm here to be his friend, not to. My kind of people. <laughs> he's a poor right? decision maker like I am. <laughs> right? Well, obviously the fact that he's been my friend for like something like 20 years, 
tells you how bad of choices he makes. So that you know, that, I'm like, oh, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> That's what I say about my wife. Twenty years, <laughs> like obviously, you would like the Detroit Lions. That makes sense completely to me. Uh, um, that's, that, but dude, that's why I tell my wife every time she makes a choice. I'm like, "Hey, what do you want to do for dinner?" Well, maybe this was like, "You're not a good decision maker, so we're not having that." What do you mean by that? You've been with me for 22 years. Like, trust me, you make poor choices. <laughs> trust me, you make bad choices, right? Yeah, no, um, but dude, no, back back to the hard knocks. I am interested. Yep. I am super interested. Uh, that coach, he's legit. He, yeah. he there's there's something there. I think he's motivating people in a way that's like meaningful enough that I feel they're gonna do better than three and thirty seven or whatever it was last season. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's like I like Coach uh, Campbell. I, I like him. I like him a lot. Um, we we were looking at the schedule last week, and I was like, look, I got Detroit winning six, maybe seven games. Um, Damn, they. Like, off of like, first off, they have a last place schedule, so that I think I think six is automatic because they're playing shitty teams. But I, I'm going to give them an extra one because of Dan Campbell's coaching, and and he's got these kids believing in themselves, and they also have a rack of like draft picks that they got from the Rams. So, mm-hmm. you know, worst case, they could just start drafting and fucking rebuilding as they do every fucking four years. Losers. Yeah. No, it's. It's going to be a fun year, I think. It's going to be a very fun year. I, I'm excited for them. I, I was actually really upset when I was watching uh, the UFC. They had, like, clips of, like, with the guns or whatever. Mm. And, like, apparently Brady could have been in a Raider. And I saw I that. I was like, oh, my God. I was instantly upset. I was instantly upset. Yeah, Leave, leave it to Gruden. To fuck it up, Gruden, dude. Yeah, like it, it's like, come on, Gruden, what are you doing, son? Like, you had an opportunity. Well, I, I wonder though, too, though, because when I look at that that Tampa Bay team that Tom Brady was on, that was a pretty complete team that he was on. Yeah, and and it's like because I always think about um Detroit and anytime you know. They have an opportunity to anything because they don't go after high high price free agents. They don't go any after anyone. But it's like imagine if Detroit got Tom Brady, and it's like yeah, they, but they weren't a complete team. Like Brady's Brady, but I don't think yeah. Brady was going to change the culture of the Detroit Lions. Like he, the Raiders were a lot more; they're more complete. So they had, they okay, would yeah. it would have been a big difference. But they they need. I think Tampa was the perfect place for him to go. I think it, there were very few teams he could have gone to that he would have put them in the championship game. But I think he would have gone to like a team like the Raiders, a team like even the Saints, um, you know, and, and, and turn things around. He could have probably gone to the Saints and won, I think, because they, they were a complete team for the most part. Nine, but, ten win teams. Like nine, ten win teams looking yeah. for that little extra. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, but the thing is with the Bucks, though, I don't know that they were even that. It's like they had all the pieces, but they didn't have the quarterback. And, and it's, it's Maybe weird leadership. Yeah, exactly. The leadership part is huge. And I always say about the Lions, I feel like when they're in their locker room. Well, this is before uh, Coach Campbell. Now I feel like they go out there and say, we're going to fucking win. Before, they're like, I hope we win this week, guys. Like, Aww. Meanwhile, you get teams like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. They go out there and say, we're going to fucking win. We're winning this week. Whereas Detroit's like, God, I hope we can do it this week. Um, there there so. was a moment when I was, during my long tenure as a Raider fan, there was a moment that we were like, oh, how are we going to blow it? Here comes the yeah. fourth quarter. You know, so like, and and if you're thinking that as a fan, I'm pretty sure it's really hard for an athlete to be there knowing the fans are thinking that, knowing mm-hmm. shit, am I gonna fuck this up? So yeah. I think that that's hard because you had when you actually just have to get past that history of losing, just to get some momentum and be like, oh, we can actually win, we can actually turn this around, or we can close this game 
and that, that's that's also huge too i think it's exciting that I, I'm, I'm really hopeful for you guys like obviously you know i'm more hopeful from from the raiders but you know oh <laughs> well, yeah but i'm hopeful for you guys the i am i'm optimistically realistic where i i want them to win but realistically like i said I, look if they get six wins this year that's a win for me um it's like yeah. I, I, I don't think that'd be a great turnaround season for them. The things that always kind of stick in my head about um an outside shot at winning is that in ninety seven, I think it was ninety seven, the Broncos were projected to finish four and twelve. They ended up going to the Super Bowl and winning. And that was craziness to me. And then a couple years later, the Rams had just come off of a 4-12 season. Trent Green went down with a knee injury, and they had to rely on their backup quarterback, Kurt Warner, and they turned that franchise around and, and started winning. So it's like, you know, when you think about something like, you know, the Raiders or the Lions, and it's like, can they turn this around? It's like, look, it's been done before. It's just a matter of the culture yeah. and the leadership, you know, yeah. if you don't have a strong lead. And I feel like Stafford was a good leader. I just feel like the Fords, you know, as owners don't really try to put the pieces around them. They're just like, eh, they'll be all right. We got a good quarterback. Right, we right. got Megatron. He just throw the ball in the air. He'll catch it. It's like, yeah, but we need a run game. We need a defense. You know, we need a coach like Caldwell had them in the playoffs and then he the, before he got fired he was nine and seven that's a 500 record they fired him and brought in matt patricia and well you know there was that so you know we cry every year at thanksgiving it's fine nice it's, it's tradition yeah i mean hey we, we, we <laughs> look we keep that tradition alive strong and sit my wife i, I shows saw something up. there i saw something there like uh in in the locker rooms for the Lions, it's just like Lion Detroit versus everyone. I was like, the purpose is Detroit. Let's be real. <laughs> so I actually, Detroit. I have that shirt. I actually was gonna wear it today. I, I think um, I ended up grabbing this X Men shirt instead because I was like, I just wore that shirt Saturday. Um, but yeah, I like, <laughs> so well, and it's the things like I always wear. But the, when I wear that shirt, though, I try to like. Like put the camera like yeah Detroit versus everyone, <laughs> um, but see I maybe every sports fan thinks this but I always felt like it was Raiders versus everyone because everyone you could the Raiders could be having like their weakest season ever, and everyone still is like oh we're gonna beat the Raiders like it still matters like it still matters to other teams to beat the Raiders where, I mean you know like I, maybe everyone thinks that. Well, I think too, well, so the Detroit versus everyone shirt was actually just just that for the city though. There's a guy who was selling these out of, out of the trunk of his car. Oh wow! And like then it just started kind of spawning everywhere else. Like I have a jujitsu versus everybody uh, rash guard and t-shirts, but um, I had uh, two two guests actually from Detroit. They they were visiting in the area, so I was like, dude, come over and record. Like just like some strangers, like yeah, come over, it's fine. Like the, the door's unlocked. Um, but they brought me a box of wine and uh, a Detroit versus everybody T-shirt, and nice. I was like this is fucking great, you know. So I kept saying on the podcast, yeah, flew these guests in from Detroit. You know, we that's what we do here now. We fly guests in. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I always wear that shirt because you know, number one, I appreciate that from them, but number two, you know. I, I've been here in Maryland for 30 years and, you know, I still claim Detroit, nice. but it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, you from Detroit. It was like, I mean, not really. I, I was right. there the first eight years of my life. And then I went to Flint, which it's like, you wouldn't think you can get worse than Detroit until you go to Flint. <laughs> Success. And like, I thought I was Especially moving on right up. Now. Like, I, I got to Flint and I was like, why does this feel funny? Actually, I thought Flint was fine. I never thought Flint was bad until I left. And then I started seeing like, oh, 
cats were dying all the time and getting kidnapped. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I was I was like ripe for the pick and I was a foster kid and everything. Like I, I lucked out. I had a great foster family that my grandparents adopted me. And I was like, whoo, oh, dodge yeah. the bullet. Like yeah, otherwise, right. like it, it you know, I could have been, you know, like I've I've heard horror stories and, and it's like I didn't want to be part of that. So you yeah. know, my grandparents took me in and took me to Newark, Delaware of all places and culture shock like a motherfucker. And right. I was like, holy shit. Like, why are there so many white people here? Like, I'd never seen that many white people in my life. I was like super confused because all I was around ever was black people. So when I got to Delaware, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, we, we lived across the street from the college. So I'm on the campus. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, the grass is actually green here. Like, like the building is like, like marble. It's beautiful. It's like, this isn't real, like reality. And then I moved to fucking Baltimore. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I'm I'm not sure if uh, San Bernardino carries a reputation like other places, but to say it's not the nicest area would be a a fair, a fair understatement. Hmm. So it's not, it's not the most metropolitan place in the world but but darn it we could afford it here and my family's under a roof now so i mean that's and, and that's that's, a, and that's that's a good thing you know i was trying like i was trying someone about that like because when i was like actually training over there and i stand at ma like they're like oh so how'd you end up in la puente like that's kind of not like a common place right and it was like well my parents like my father's parents you know my parents moved here because there was nothing here when they moved here. There was there was literally like the first house that they built, they moved there. And that was like, well, that's they built the high school for that town that was started. So it's like, you know, you gotta move where you gotta move and then, you know, whatever, yeah. fifty years later, now it's like a nicer area. But when I was there, it was just gangland, dude. It was just really, really bad, you know? And it's like so now we're here and you know, in fifty years maybe this will be a nicer place. You know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, when we moved to Columbia, Maryland, it was a, a city on the on the uh, rise or town on the rise. Now, if you go back to Columbia, Maryland, that fucking place is bizarre. It's like houses everywhere, like like million dollar houses everywhere. Right. Like the mall is like super expanded. It's so crazy. And and the thing is, when we moved there. There was very little there, and it was a nice area. Now, I don't think right. Columbia is bad, but, you know, I, I hear stories. So my grandparents still live out there, so, um, you know, it worries me because there was a carjacking in their neighborhood a couple years back, and someone got shot and killed, and it's like, damn, dude, in Columbia? Like, y'all would think that's actually Baltimore. Uh, no, yeah, it's Columbia. That's like, that's like Wednesday in San Bernardino. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, like that's, you know, Baltimore, that's like, if you're not getting carjacked, then, you know, like, what are you doing wrong in Baltimore? Like, that's just like business as usual. So, so I don't fuck with Baltimore. I'll tell you what, though, we do live more in like the quote unquote hood area. But at the same time, like, we were obviously looking everywhere in, in this area, right? And we have like a ring app and, you know, to record shit in case someone steals their shit, yeah. right? Just so we have something to say, hey, look, there they are. And like, okay, cool. There they are. We're never going to find them. Good luck. That's all we'll get from it. But, you know, there's that peace of mind, right? Um, and all the like alerts that come with having a ring, it's been very interesting because we've, we actually, yeah, what we do see is like homelessness and maybe some drug deals going on and, Maybe if you go down the down the road a bit, there's some prostitution. But it's relative besides the loud ass cars that drive by boop like laughing music or just racing each other, like we're racing themselves, whatever. Besides that, it's relatively mellow. Where the areas we were looking at that were quote unquote nice, right? Maybe five, ten miles from here, all the crime happens there. Carjackings. Oh, they stole my sense. car. They broke into my house. And it's like, it's like, oh no. I'm like, we're gonna see it in the ring app. They're like, my gray Lexus was stolen. And then I'm gonna look outside the window and they're gonna see a, I'm gonna see a gray Lexus park. 
I'm like, oh, the neighbor got a new car. So, <laughs> and I've, we're kind of safe because we're within like the eye of the tornado. <laughs> like, so a buddy of mine made an interesting point uh, years ago. He was like, when you live in like the hood, we don't rob from each other. Exactly. Um, my wife, she was a nanny and the, the last family she worked for, they're like lawyers for like, you know, uh, politicians and shit. So like they, like the parents, so the family that she worked for, they were getting the house rebuilt or getting the house built or some bullshit. I don't know. So they stayed with the, the mom's parents and they had this huge house in this beautiful area. I remember driving up that way and there was this other, there was another house nearby that was even bigger. Their house was so big that they had a garage the size of the other family's house. I was like, this is like, this, this is make-believe. This can't be real. But, um, there was a lot of crime in that area. Like, um, the, the, the family that my wife worked for, their car was stolen out of their driveway. They had cameras and everything. And like it wasn't oh, we, like they broke, they 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 left the key, they left the spare key in the car, so it's almost kind of like, well, uh, like yeah, it's still fucked up, but you you kind of did the work for them. Yeah, yeah, you did the work for them, but I, I don't think that it would have stopped the crime. No, it wouldn't have, but it just yeah. made it easier for made them. Easier. Just to, yeah. like, oh, there's there's a fucking key right here. I don't even have to fucking hotwire this. I'm out. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of been the, the blessing in disguise that like there is a there is an aspect that I'm so much we're so much in it that we're more a part of it than a victim of it. Yeah, it, but well, it, Maryland, Maryland's very bizarre, uh, especially where I grew up in Columbia, because Columbia was considered a salad bowl community where we we're all like everyone. It was all so different. And as I've gotten older, I almost feel like that community, the way that it was propped up, um, made matters worse because I see a lot of those kids that we grew up with, black and white specifically, um, once they got out of there, like leaned really heavy against Columbia. You know, like there was a girl that I almost Hmm. dated as a kid and she... Um, you know, we, we reconnected on Facebook, um, her husband, you know, we all went to school together as kids and, you know, everything seemed cool. You know, we're chit chatting, we were catching up and it was cool. Then when, uh, they legalized gay marriage across the country, that's when I started seeing it. Oh, and she's like, you know, when are we going to get a straight pride parade? When, uh, what, what else did she say? There was something about, um, white people and and it was like okay hmm i didn't i didn't see that coming so wow, me being yeah. me i doubled down i i put up uh you know my facebook uh profile picture i put the rainbow up as my you know my profile picture i was like okay i'm gonna let you know what what side i'm on i'm gonna let you know what time it is yeah. and that was me you know at that time kind of being immature now i would just be like all right i'm just gonna move on but right um You're kind of picking the bear yeah, you know, it's like, like, I don't know. It's just like, you know, I, I, and I'm using her as an example because that was the one that hit the hardest. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I saw, you know, you know, black kids, but I think a lot of black kids, you know, they ended up going to um, historically black colleges. And, you know, they came out of that experience <laughs> extremely jaded. And it was like, fuck, like. We were lied to in school and, you know, that community that we grew up in where everybody's all kumbaya, we all love each other. That's all bullshit, too. Now you flip back to the other side and then you get to see like, yeah, I guess it was because, you know, you got, you know, the white kids that left Columbia that are talking about, you know, straight pride and, you know, you know, white lives matter. Not even all lives matter, but white lives matter. I was like, oh, Jesus, wow. like, fucking bold. like, you went all in. Like you didn't even just like if you say all lives matter, at least it's like okay, well look, I can I, I can hear you, 
But, you know, as you know, the same like all lives can't matter until black lives matter. But when you say white lives matter, it's like, okay, you don't give a fuck about no one. All right, cool. That's interesting. But, um, and, and it's just weird, like, because, like, you know, we grew up in this community where it's like, again, you saw everyone, everyone, whether it be, you know, Korean kids, Chinese kids, Filipino kids, black kids, kids from fucking Haiti, um, you know, kids straight from Africa. Not even like, you know, when people say African-American, you know, I get a little frustrated because it's like my family's from the Bahamas. I mean, right. Yeah, sure. We originated, I guess, ultimately from Africa. But, you know, my grandma, you know, she, she's Bahamian. You know, so you know, I had a but, friend. I had a friend named Cuba. Well, not named Cuba, but we called him Cuba, right? And he's like six foot two, black dude. And we were having that discussion. It's like, well, and one of our like maybe not friend per se. He wasn't my friend, but he was Cuba's friend. And we had that discussion. It's like, well, look, dude, like I will forever grow up missing some of the Mexican that I am because of how I grew up because I looked white. And Cuba will always know what it's like to be black. And my, he was like, but that, how? He's Cuban. You even call him Cuba. I'm like, dude, guy's dark. That's it. They're going to treat him the way they see him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the end of it. Like, you can't, you can't mentally work your way around that. Like, I looked white. So there were situations where I got treated white. And there were situations, most situations, where Cuba was treated black, whether you like it or not. That's just what it is. So we can have all this beautiful culture. But the problem is that racist bricks will just erase all that and just call you by something that they just see and that's the end of it and it sucks it sucks what you're like removed from culture and just been just dumbed down to one specific low level of rudimentary opinion you know it's like kind of this whole thing's like if someone's racist can they change it's like i don't know like from my experience and what i've seen i say yes with the asterisk because if Sarah and I divorce, depending on what the terms are, you know, they may listen to the podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you never oh, know. That guy's such, he's an asshole. I haven't heard enough to know where this is going as far as your episodes, but yeah. I, I do feel like it's, 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 different, it's a different one. Yeah. Well, it, it's like, you know, as we're talking, it's like, hmm, how much of this do I have to clean up? And it's like, well, there's a lot of good conversation here. So it's like, when it comes to good conversations, like sometimes shit shouldn't be cleaned up because of good conversation. You know, sometimes good conversations can be hard conversations. Yeah. But they're important conversations. So it's like, do you clean up certain right. things? Maybe. You know, it's like, you know, we both, you know, we both said some fucked up things. But the thing is, it's not like, like I always say, like, when, whenever people make jokes or say something, it's like, Especially, I know with me, uh, like any joke that I say is definitely not meant out of like malicious intent because I, I just kind of say things because I'm a little dumb. But there are times, like I say, especially at work, if I say, okay, this is going to be fucked up, my manager's like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, just, just hear me out. And it is like, okay, you thought about this one. So you sh- like that you were wrong. Versus if I just say something off the top of my head, it's like, okay, that's. Like, it doesn't make it right, but just understand that I'm not trying to be a bad person. Sometimes I just think something like, oh, my God, like, that's a fucking observation. Like, what's the observation? You know, that thing, you know, like I, I had a guest on a show that was trans and, you know, it was a wonderful conversation. I want to have him back on. He, I, I don't know if they go by he or they. Um, I kept saying he and, you know, they're OK with it, but. You know, I've made some jokes and they're like, look, man, I'm okay with the jokes. You know, just people are too sensitive. So no, as long no, as you're definitely. not trying to hurt me. No, no. Def- I think there, that's the part of it too. I think there's, there is a, there is a line of comedy where like you can tell when someone's just being funny and when someone's like being, being mean, you know, like, yeah. and being mean is different than being funny because funny can be like a joke within a bunch of jokes. They're like, Oh, that, that was, observationally accurate so that's pretty good you got it you know it's yeah. now, now on the on the, on the on the pulse right but then there are situations where you could tell someone's just trying to be a dick and they're saying things to get aroused at people or something like mm-hmm. that and they're like well it's just a joke it's just a joke and you're like no no it's not a joke you're a dick there's a difference you know like, like but it, it's all yep. it's all context 
Exactly. Do you think we'll ever look back and be like, you know what I miss? <laughs> I miss COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you knew where I was going. Huh? Yeah, as soon as you, you said, I was like, I'm going to. You think we'll get there? You think we'll get to the point where like we're just so fucking so, old people? And we're like, I, I, I miss, I miss COVID. Kind of there miss COVID. I mean, I'm not saying I want people to die. I'm not trying to go that route with it, right? But I'm just I, saying, I, like, yeah, I get you. No, there is an aspect of it I do miss. And that aspect was when we first locked down. So before we locked down, I was going to jujitsu, like in some capacity, six days out of the seven days. Maybe no, 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 no. Actually, I was going seven. No, no, no. I didn't go Saturdays. So six out of seven days, I was at that gym, whether it be training or coaching. And it got to a point where my wife had to tell me, your daughter hasn't seen you. You oh. need to like slow down. So I got, you got wrapped up. Yeah, I was I was I was going overkill. Um and once COVID hit and it locked us down, my wife couldn't work. Um and with me not training. I was home in the evenings now, so we got to catch up on all our movies, all our TV right. shows. We got to be a family. We had game nights, movie nights with my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, boxes of wine. Like I was just, I was drinking boxes of wine like it was water, dude. Um, How often you know, drink boxes of wine? Dude, no, Is there another I, way like, to drink boxes? Is there another way to drink no. boxes of wine? No, I was like holding them up over my head, dude. Like I was, I was going in. It was like <laughs> keg standing it, son. I was getting down. Um, I, I almost well, I don't miss the box of wine phase, but I do miss like that that like family time phase where we were just cooling out, and there was no like I I didn't have to go rush anywhere after work. I didn't have to rush anywhere, um, you know to to go meet any other engagements other than work and in home. And it's like, I could do that now. You know, I could say fuck jujitsu. I'm not because that's, you know, outlet. a major part of my life. Yeah. That's, that's a huge outlet and it, it keeps me sane, but that's, if there's anything I miss, I do miss that, that first I, I feel that. month. Yeah. I feel that. And honestly, I think, I feel like uh, we were very, very, it sounds crazy to be blessed during COVID. Right especially mm-hmm. the early stages, right? But I feel like yeah, we got yeah. blessed in a way because at, around that time, we had a, a very young child, right? So my son's six mm-hmm. right now. You know, he's six, just turned six this year. And I have three boys, but my youngest is six. And at that point, he would have been like three or some shit, right? So it was very unique because all of my kids had, to, in one way or another, had to either go with Nana or go get raised by a grandma or go get raised by uh school program that takes care of them during working hours. Like they all had to do that to some capacity, right? And this mm-hmm. was their only kid that didn't get that experience because COVID stopped it. And he, they, he literally had both parents in full time, the whole time, like for, for that, for that very meaningful three to four or five year, like that, those, that age, yeah. like he had that. And, and you know, you know, I obviously I would have loved for all my kids to have had, you know, both parents the whole time, you know, especially coming from my background. But, you know, there is life and you have to go work and and, and it's accepted. You know, I accept it, you know, because, uh, you know, the kids have to see that you work, too. They have to, they have to see that there is struggle. There is there is something, uh, an obligation that has to be met. Mm-hmm. But the, I'm super happy that it, like one kid got to have that. Like, it's you know, obviously during the shitty time in, in the world. But he had to have parents, both parents, full time, at least for a little bit, you know, at least for a little bit. And that's, so, that's I mean, that, was, that was a blessing, you know. That's very, that's very special. Um, like my daughter, um, you know, same boat. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, we only have her. So, yeah, I think for her, because she's made comments, you know, like, and I explained to her, I was like, look, honey, you have to understand you have, you know, a very unique situation where both your mom and dad are available to you, like, all the time. Like, yeah. with my wife working at night, she's home during the day with my daughter. She homeschools right. her. So it's like, you're with mom all day. You get to go to the park and have all these cool adventures 
and then I'm here at night reading stories and singing you songs, and and you right. know, um, and and you know that was especially during COVID that was magnified because oh, both of us were there. Um, exactly. it, it, you know, COVID it, it it did a number on us, and and the thing is, however you may feel about it, one way or the other, because people, you know have their their varying opinions on it and it's like look the fact is in the beginning we didn't know shit so for everybody to kind of do this whole i told you so thing now it's really annoying because we didn't know anything in the beginning it was scary people were dying i i also think it's not i told you so personally it's like if they said it now and it happens now then it could be i told you so but during that time they didn't have half the like understanding that they have now mm-hmm. so yeah so if you get it if you get it tomorrow you're not too worried about it because yeah. one it's just different it's just different you know it's not the same strain whether you like it or not someone coughed on you during all that time so you you built something on it and then the world as a whole has built something to fight it in and of itself right but at the same time like people are legit dying i have family members that passed away you know so like, Man. so it was, it was, it's a, it's as real as it gets in my house. It's as real yeah. as it gets. And we, now I'm not worried about it. So it's not, I told you so it's, thank same. goodness. Cool. I'm happy. I'll take COVID now over COVID then all day. And that's how I feel too. It's like, it, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a, I told you so for me. Cause like, like I said, in the beginning, you know, I'm all ears. I'm just trying to hear yeah. what do I need to do? Cause I don't know. Now I, Get COVID in January of this year, and it could have come from one of two places. Uh, I, I recorded that weekend with uh, a friend. He texts me on Tuesday. Um, he tells me that he was exposed to someone with COVID, and you know I may want to get tested. Now, right. also. On that following Sunday, that the following day on Sunday, I went out to the Ravens game when they played the Rams. And man, the rules and for that's the stadium, not that bird flu. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the the way that the Ravens fans behave, you would have thought they all had the bird flu. Nobody showed up for the game. <laughs> it's like they weren't aww, out of it. They, like, but the, Ravens fans are fucking spoiled little brats of punks, and I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> Like, and, and I'm speaking from oh, no, the experience no, please, of. Please don't hold back. When, no, hold <laughs> when I worked at a jewelry, we had a suite and we would go to the games in a suite. And there was one year I went to every single home game because I manipulated the system. Because um, <laughs> most of the fans that most of the people that worked there were Redskins fans. So are the commanders now but you know they're washington fans so what i would do is i would say hey if you guys put your name in the hat and if you win give me your ticket i will buy you lunch for a week oh so and i was fucking clear there like so when they there was a thursday night game against the cleveland browns i won every fucking ticket and I was confused. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do with these tickets. <laughs> I have eight tickets. And what do I do with them? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I figured it out. But, <laughs> but, um, but you know, going to those games, you you really got to see these Ravens fans and, and, and how they truly were. And they fucking suck. It's like if, if the Ravens lose, it's never because the Ravens got beat. It's just, oh, the refs screwed us. It's like okay, oh, whatever. Yeah, you lost by forty. <laughs> the rest in screen. Well, by 40 yeah, points. but it's because that's that first point, you know. <laughs> yeah, we just gave up. Um, yeah, we just gave up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went to the Ravens game, and the rules for the COVID uh, protocol—they were so goofy. It's like if you you know walk in with your ticket, you got to have on your mask. Um, once you get to your seat, you can take your mask off. If you go to the bathroom, you must put your mask back on. If you go to buy anything from a concession stand, put your mask on. I was like, okay, this is stupid. It, you know, yeah. Let like let's stop pretending. Either you know you care, or you don't care. So you I care, you up, don't care. I, I completely agree with that. So I ended up getting COVID, um, whether it be from the game or from Phil. So then I recorded Colompton that Sunday night after the game. So. I called Steve after I 
uh, spoke to Phil and I go, I, you know, I did the AIDS or the, yeah, the AIDS calls. Like, Hey, so, um, how you feeling? Cut this part. He was, he was like, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I go, how are you feeling? Actually, I'm pretty sure I've said this on here that exact way. Okay. I'm pretty sure I have. I go, so how you feeling? He's like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty okay. I was like, how's Bea feeling? She's, she's doing okay. I was like, so, um, yeah, so, um, I've been exposed, so you guys might want to go get tested. He was like, what? I was like, dude, Phil had COVID, and I, w- I was at the Ravens game. You, you might want to get tested. You know, what's really crazy, and obviously I live in L.A. Well, I live in L.A. County. I used to, right? So it's, like, it's pretty pretty big out here, right? Like, like it was a big deal. Um, my family got COVID twice. My wife got it, I think, three times. I think because she works Jeez. for a lot of. She, well, she works for LA County, and she works with a lot of people who, who are in need. So part of it, it's called, it's called the, uh, I think it's called Gate or something like that. But basically, it's like food stamps type stuff, right? So she works with a lot of the communities in need. So she's a lot of people coming in and out of her office and stuff like that. So she was just exposed to a very early onset of it, so much so that she was like deathly ill. Like oh, wow. the January before it happened, before it was COVID. She had this weird flu that hit her lungs, that gave her pneumonia. You know, she was almost on a respirator. She was sick for like six months. And it was before there was even a COVID. Before COVID was COVID. And then we she would end up getting COVID, two more, or actual COVID, at least I could say like for real. They, they called it COVID the other two times, right? Twice more. And my kids, all, almost all my kids got it at least once or twice. And I don't know how, but I never got it. And I don't know what it is or whatever, but you know, count my lucky stars or whatever, man. But like, I'll knock on wood for that one. But no, I never got it. And and I was the right. one, like, I was the one taking care of them because they were sick. You know, like I was, you know, like That's at first crazy. I'm like, should should I leave? Like, and this and I was like, nah, I'm gonna go down with the ship. You know, like, so I, yeah. can, I can only imagine, especially in the beginning part. You know, like I couldn't even imagine if my kids got sick with it. Fuck that, I'm dying too. Then for me, fatherhood's not that. For me, it's like, fuck it. Come sit on my lap. You don't feel good. I want you to feel better. If I die because of it too, well, fuck it. <laughs> so that was the crazy thing when, when I got it. So we think, yeah, we may have had it earlier because February of 2020. So, so first of all, February 2020, I went on to my other podcast, Nerd Rage Radio, and I said, this is before we knew anything of this coming our way. It was in January. I says to uh, my one buddy, Joe, I go, you know, honestly, what we really fucking need is another fucking plague. Oh, no. (laughs) And then a fucking month later, this shit hits. So I I was sick um, February 22nd. And my daughter, because my birthday is the 21st. And I worked a birthday party at the gym. Uh, we, we hosted a birthday party for uh, my friend's uh, kid's eighth birthday party or something goofy. Um, I think it was eighth. Uh, and um, I wasn't feeling, you know, I wasn't feeling bad, bad, but, you know, I felt a little funky. My daughter was really sick, so she couldn't come to the party. Right. Um, then I ended up really bad the next day. But I don't, think it was COVID, but we were in some bad shape. Now, when I actually did have COVID officially, where I knew I had COVID, um, that was the thing when, when it came to us as a family, my daughter, you know, I, I isolated myself. My daughter was like, fuck that. Like, you know, this is my dad. And she like cuddled up next to me. And, you know, there's this part of me was like, I want to push her away because I'm sick and I don't want her to get sick. Yeah. But I didn't want to like you know, it's like she nuzzled up. And the thing is, I don't even know if she actually got COVID. I think she just, you know, kind of the sympathy pain. It's like, it, you know, you know. Well, it, you know, the kids are back in school over here. Me and my kids go to public school. Um, I, we've seen them kind of getting sniffles or getting nuts, you know, like, oh, I might, my stomach hurts or whatever. And we're like, dude, this has to be more than expected. You Like two years, you've really not seen other human beings, you know, especially the yeah. gross monsters that are children, right? Like, oh, yeah, they're the filthiest, you know, like, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now they're back exposed to each other, you know, 
licking their faces and I don't know what else kids do. You know, like they're kids, you know, like they're like, just like, like sitting there like eating candy, like here, you try this one now. Like yeah, you like, just literally no, chew no, that let me one. Pick it up, scratch my butt and give it to you. And you're gonna not even think about it. Like yeah, just, but the, the rules. <laughs> right. Oh, make sure you waterfall, right? Like we're being safe. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like all the backwash you really waterfall again. You know, like so, yeah, oh so, here like, let me yeah, take a sip like good. you see all the drool going to the bottle it's like oh, mm-hmm. right yeah. <laughs> and you're like eh, and you still do it but that's the thing like yeah you're a kid you know you don't, you don't think like that you know so obviously kids are gonna get sick and it's like well like covid's like one of a thousand other things out there like why does mm-hmm. it what does everything equal covid like that's that's not that's a silly thing now it's like that's my thing with my kids right now if they're not feeling good it's like I was like, well, what should we do? It's like, well, they're not feeling good. So if they're not feeling good, they don't go to school. If they if they don't feel too good, but they can go, still feel good enough to go to school, then they go to school. Like, like the schools are telling us the same shit. If you don't have all these other symptoms, then you can go to school. Because you know, school schools they they they're the ones that came out. Like now we know what schools are. See, schools we we always thought they're there for the kids and all this other stuff. And don't get me wrong, the teachers. There are plenty of yes. teachers that are there for the school, there for the kids, right? But the schools themselves have never been about the kids. They're about the no. attendance. Oh yeah, and that and we found and we found that out with COVID. We found out that the schools are about the attendance. Yep. So yeah, it, it's it's a big deal. That's how they get paid, you know. Like so, the, the secret's out, you know. Like now we know what's up. Like why do they care so much whether your kid shows up? It's because that's how they get paid. Well, that's the thing. Attendance with our- equals money our daughter being homeschooled and, and it makes some sense that, you know, she's obviously not going to um, be included, you know, to get certain um, benefits such as speech, you know, she, she, right. you know, since she's not in school, the County won't cover speech for her. So we have to figure it out ourselves. So we did just that. Like we became yeah. speech pathologists and fucking taught our kid how to speak. It's like, there you go. You know, we because my wife and I, we we're both preschool teachers. So that, that was a big part of us homeschooling. It's like, well, we have taught this age. We, okay. we know we know enough. You know, we, we know enough in that pocket. Right now she's going into first grade and my wife's going to continue to homeschool. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's just like I do want her to go to school at some point for um, socialization. Like she social, does have yeah. social she has social groups with the homeschool kids too. She she has actually has quite a few friends that she really, really loves seeing and playing with. Um, they they all get together a couple times a week. Um, I, but the, there's something to the the school experience that matters. Oh yeah, I I agree. And I was like the most teased, uncoolest, no friends kid for a long time. And I was actually in speech class from first grade to eighth grade. Um, and I had, yeah, terrible time with my S's and Z's. It's fucking tough. Yeah. I'm 44 and I have a tough time with those. It's, yeah. you know, you know, what are you gonna do, right? Um, which is funny because I was never trained in Spanish, so my Spanish still has it. <laughs> Go figure, it didn't translate, it didn't translate. Um, <laughs> right. Uh. But yeah, but no, but even even though I can tell you that my experience wasn't great, like from first, actually from first to like fifth grade, I call it, or maybe first to sixth grade, I didn't really have a good time in school. It was a very miserable time in school. It was still very, very good for me, even though it wasn't very enjoyable. So I do think there is something for that being there and kind of having to tough it out. And, you know, I tell my kids, like, I'm like, boys, like, I'm all boys, I'm all boys. You're not learning what you think you're learning in school. Like, like math isn't really about one plus one. You have a calculator on your phone. It's about critical thinking and solving problems. You know, yep. history. You know that shit happened already. Who gives a shit, right? It, well, history repeats itself. Okay, yeah, but you're not going to be the one sending them to war. You're probably going to be the fucker who gets drafted because they bring it back. You know, like so. Yeah. It's not that, but memorizing dates especially we don't give a shit is very important in life you know like english you know no one's asking you to write a book but you will have to do certain things 
that require a certain level of English that makes that makes you seem at least more intelligent than you are or show off how intelligent you are because that's how you get noticed in like a work environment. So these things that you're learning aren't exactly one for one what you're learning, but they're very important. And I and, and I tell them, and the worst one of all I told them is learning to deal with learning to deal with like the popularity contest or like who's cool and who's not. The saddest part I tell them is that that never goes away. It's there at work. Yeah. It's there in politics. It's there your whole life. So learning it is very important. Yeah, that, that's that's the tough thing about being a kid, and the tough thing about being a parent and watching your kids go through it too. Because it's like we know we've been there, and it's like to try to help them understand it. It's like it's weird um with with my daughter um you know we get into this weird thing right now because the little girl across the street she's been having some issues with her mm. and you know at this point now i have to try to figure out how do i address this you know it's been semi-addressed by the mothers but you know we're yeah, friends with the kid was, oh my God! You have no idea how bad I want to footsuit this child. <laughs> you know, all, all you know, kind of, like, and it's it's weird because, um, you know, the parents we, we you know we're friends with the parents. They're, they're nice people, but the kid, you know, haven't worked in, in childcare and and uh, teaching and everything. Nine out of ten times, the child is a product of their environment. There's that one time where a child kind of veers off and, and, you know, kind of goes at their own. So the thing is, there's another child. There's two other children in the house, and those other two children are actually pretty sweet kids. The parents are nice enough. You know, then you have this middle child who is a fucking nightmare. Um, she's already hit my daughter once, and we chalked it up to mm. possibly an accident, but at least my wife did. I, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Then she kicked my daughter last week. Oh, and there's there's no accident to that. That was definitely the intentional. She was being being mean. So, you know, again, th there's a discussion. Had I was recording when the parents came over. I like I wish I hadn't been. You know, and again, I'm not gonna be mean to the parents, I'm not gonna be mean to the kid. My only input for it is like and I told my wife, it's like here here are the rules. If the kid comes over, knocks on the door, asking if our kid can play, the answer is absolutely no. Now, if we're outside and my kid sees her and she wants to go play with her, sure. But they can only play outside where we can see them because the two times that, you know, something happened, they were inside the house upstairs in her room. So, the ambiguity of like, wait, did you or was it an accident or I swear yeah. I didn't mean to. So put it out in the open, and now now the now the accidents are are visible. Like, okay, that doesn't yeah. seem like an accident to me. Yeah, and then you know, and my wife, uh, she wants to put my daughter in dance before she puts her in jujitsu. Fine, whatever. Um, you know, I'm you know, as one of the coaches, I have the curriculum. I can you know kind of teach her some of the stuff. I prefer she has a group to work with mm -hmm. versus just like the grappling dummy downstairs, but. It's like I told my wife, it's like, am I going to have to teach my, am I going to have to like fast track her fucking self-defense now <laughs> and teach her to fucking body <laughs> slam this kid on her fucking head? Because I don't want that to be the case. But look, if if that kid can't keep her hands to herself, like Sophie's about to learn some top pressure real quick. She's about to learn how to apply that <laughs> pressure fast. Um, But, you know, it's, it's like the thing is, I want my kid to go to school for you know, to kind of really learn how to deal with that adversity, though. Right. Um, right, because it, it, that, that is a tough part, too. And I mean, I'll be honest, like, I don't think I have the most tough kids as far as, like, like I don't have the bullies. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I more likely have the kids that will get picked on. You know, I have the more straight-A student nerdy kids, you know, like, those are mine, you know? 
Um, yeah, which they get from their mother. They get from their mother, you know, like not from me. <laughs> same. <laughs> so like, but at the same time, it's like, well, then you have, if that's who you are, you're going to have to learn to live with that because that is who you are. And I can't change who you are, but I can give you the opportunity to learn to live within who you are in the yeah. situation that probably will come up a lot more than once. So, you know, I tell my kids, you know, don't start a fight, but you better be the one to end it. Yeah. That, and, and I think that's where we're at right now with my daughter. It's like, look, and so the funny thing is a few weeks back, we're all outside. Um, and my daughter makes a comment at the little girl from across the street. She's like, because my daughter's a goofball. She goes, ha, she can't even do a cartwheel. And the little girl gets mad. She goes, hey, I can. And then the little girl does a perfect cartwheel. She's mm. like, awesome. So then my daughter goes to do a cartwheel. No one asked her to. She just goes to do a cartwheel, falls flat on her face. <laughs> and I look, I was like, go home. You <laughs> like, got caught. Get up and you, go. You, you got caught, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Um, but <laughs> you call know. someone out, they do it. You try to do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what because see, that's good though because that's like that's that moment. Kids get cocky, they start talking, and they, they need to have that hit. Like, oh damn, okay, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, she figured it out real quick. Like, oh boy, I can't do a cartwheel either, um, or I can't yeah. do one at all. But yeah. you know, and the thing is, with you know, with my daughter, you know, what she has gotten for me is she is a clown. You know, right. she she will say the most outlandish things. Like, you know, my philosophy is this: like, if there's a if there's humor to be found in it, you know, I, I've got the treasure map. Like, yeah. like I'm gonna always find something funny in a situation, no matter how grim the situation is. There's got to be a laughable moment in there somehow, some way. And the thing is, like like I said earlier, with comedy, with humor, it's not out of being malicious. It's a lot of times observational, but also sometimes you got to cut that tension because yeah, it. Whew, let me tell you, I've been in some situations where I for sure thought we were going to die. Like I legit thought we were going to get killed in a situation. And it was like, okay, you know, I got I got to figure out a way out of this. And fucking yeah. just saying funny shit worked. It saved our lives, I think. And also, I think my buddy gave him a bunch of drugs and said, "Here, take these drugs. Don't kill us." And I was like, Whoa. Oh, <laughs> even funnier, even even better. That's that's a lot funnier than what I had to say. Take take these drugs. It's not funny, but <laughs> it's a lifesaver. I mean, I've had so many people like say if i say something fucked up they're like that's not funny it's like for you <laughs> it was like <laughs> fucking hilarious for me you know it's like at, at the end of the day like my daughter she does the same thing as i do she'll see something yeah. silly she'll make a joke about it and joking and and that's the thing it's like we we get out of these weird situations with humor and if we can't get out of weird situations with humor then we fucking brood our way through it and well i do her she's yeah. gonna learn she she's about to learn next week like young groups, so, young group. Yeah, like here's this grappling dummy, beat its ass. Um, but we've been going for three hours. Oh shit. Um so okay, well you guys have edited. <laughs> for sure. This has gotta be heavily edited because this is three hours of content. But dude, this is fucking good conversation, man. Like I you know what I might do is I might split it up. Dude, just try to make one good hour. <laughs> Get one solid hour. I, see, I don't know, man. We we had a lot of good conversation, though. Like, the, the, there's some yeah, windows in there that was it was a little suspect. It was like there's some things that I know I said. I'm like, ooh, I gotta eesh. probably shouldn't keep that in there. But it, like, th this was this was a lot of fun. So, um, well, you got my blessing to cut, remove whatever you need to do on my part. I, you know, it, it was a blast. Again, I did not know it was three hours. Yeah. So, like, damn, I, I'm looking at the, there's a timer too. I see it now. I looked up oh, at shit. the two hour mark and I was like, oh, we good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I looked up again. I, I couldn't really see the time. I was like, is that still two hours? Like, like <laughs> what? 
Oh, it's like I should have known. Hours. We're good. How about this edible? You <laughs> like we're straight. <laughs> the, the edible hits, and it's like. Meanwhile, we got a six-hour podcast. My wife is showing up home now. Like, the fuck are you still doing up? It's like, huh? Oh, oh shit! <laughs> like, oh fuck again. It's like, uh, um, but man, well, thank wrap you up, man. for doing this, man. Let's wrap it. Um, this this was awesome. Um. I, you know, appreciate you giving me your time and, um, I, you know, being a guest on here, definitely want to have you back on. Cause obviously we just sat here and talked for fucking three hours. Um, so <laughs> clearly we it can talk. Um, uh, you got any, uh, shout outs or mentions you want to plug out there for us? Honestly, uh, all I can think of is coach Santos, uh, Hacienda MMA and, and I stand obviously, uh, Anvil, uh, Jiu Jitsu, and Thornton. Those are the places that they've just opened their arms and accepted me, and were willing to work with me even when I was I'm, I'm partially broken even now. So and they were willing to work with me and and, and never I never fell off there. You know, so the only thing I fell off of that was not being able to go back or be be more frequent. So yeah, those places are rad. If anyone that's listening knows of those places or has that available to them, check them out. They're awesome. 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 Good to hear. Um, everyone out there listening as always, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Um, I, I know I say it every episode, but I do genuinely appreciate everyone that listens to the podcast. Everyone that's, um repost the podcast you know you guys are fucking awesome if y'all have any questions concerns criticisms whatever feel free to reach out to me you can find me at bjj.wiki on instagram or off the mats podcast on instagram uh you can email me if you want i'm not gonna see it though like i don't, I don't check the emails but you can keep sending them one day i will check them it's gonna be like a time capsule i'm sure um but thank you all the same uh, big shout out to my good friends over there at Nerve Age Radio, Bobby, Chris, Joe. You guys are fucking awesome. I love you guys to death. Uh, if it wasn't for Nerve Age Radio, I probably wouldn't have this podcast myself right now. So thank you guys. Um, also, big shout out to the Razzle Dazzle podcast. That's uh, Nevik and Shut Up Nuts. You can find Shut Up Nut on Instagram. That's actually her Instagram name. And Razzle Dazzle, they're available everywhere you can find podcasts. And also, they have a Twitter handle. So go check them out. And the show's about the, uh, their podcast is about the TV show Lost. So if you're into that show, which oh. I am, go check it out. They, they do like a commentary type uh, kind of thing with it. It's just really fucking good. I, I advise everyone to check it out if you're into Lost. Um, and then last but not least, again, go check out my other podcast, So You Like Horror. It's about horror movies. Actually, it's about just scary shit. But um, we, you know, we had a little bit of a hiccup this this most recent episode upcoming. That's why, or this past episode, uh, and that's fine though. We're gonna get it back together when we come back with the witches episode, some werewolves, Halloween, and a bunch of other rad shit. So uh, go check all that stuff out. Um, otherwise, as always, thank you everyone so much. I love you to death. You guys continue to listen, and I will keep making these shows. Thank you so much, everyone, and ciao. They promise it. Now let me see his song.